25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey! I believe we may have a little breaking news here to start hour number two. 20, no, 40 seconds ago on Twitter. From Kylan Hill, running back, Mississippi State. All right, here it is, breaking news. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill just released a graphic on Twitter. It says, to my Mississippi State family, over the past week, I have spent many days and nights reflecting on how grateful I am for these last three years at Mississippi State, but also deciding what the future holds for me and my family. First and foremost, he thanks God. Thank you, God, for blessing me with the incredible opportunity to play the game I love. Fulfill my dream. Uh, He thanks his mother. He thanks uh, the best fans in the world. He says Bulldog Nation. He thanks, uh, thanks the university. He thanks coaches, staff, and teammates. And then he says this. This is Kylan Hill in a statement on Twitter. He says, but just like every kid, it's always been a dream of mine to play in the NFL. After much prayer and discussion with my family, I have decided it is time for the next chapter in my life and football career. I will be foregoing my final season of eligibility and entering my name in the 2020 NFL Draft. I look forward to continuing to chase my lifelong dream of playing on Sundays. Um, Last A couple of paragraphs for Kylan Hill in his statement that he's going to turn pro. The running back says, My time here has been an incredible experience, and I will never forget where I came from. Mississippi State is a special place and has been since uh, I first stepped foot on campus. I am truly blessed and will always hold my Bulldog family close to my heart. I can't wait to wear the maroon and white one last time with my brothers and play in the Music City Bowl. I love you, Mississippi State. We will always be family. See you in Nashville. Hail State forever. Signed, Kylan Hill, number eight. And there it is. People have wondered. We have speculated and wondered what the decision was going to be based on feedback. That tells me that Kylan has already gotten very positive, strong and positive feedback from NFL evaluators about his draft status. As a junior, you know, I tip my cap to him. He made the decision early, let the fan base know, and says he's going to play in the bowl game, unlike his teammate Cameron Dantzler, who is also a junior foregoing his senior season, but the cornerback 
is not going to play in the bowl game, uh, as last we were told. So he's afraid he can't. Well, and you know, different guys are different. And I, I will say, you know, Dancer did get banged up some earlier in the year. Uh, there were also some times throughout the season where Cam, you, you know, was on the verge, like he could have played probably, but maybe chose not to in an effort to get completely healthy. So, you know, maybe the situations are a little different. But but I admire Cotton Hill for going out in the bowl game to play. And I do think that for him and probably for some others, a little bit of a following of the example of those guys last year, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, and Jonathan Abram, who were all going to be first-rounders and knew it for the most part. And still elected to play in the bowl game and played very well, in fact. So um, I think this is good. This is good for State and good for Colin Hill. Really excited to see where he might wind up uh, in the NFL and in the draft. So there, breaking news. Let me know what you all think. Feel free to text me at 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. Text me at 885-ESPN. You can... uh, Tweet me at Radio Wyatt. And please, give me a shout on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. DiviniEquipment.com. It is 995-1059. A 601 number, 995-1059. Michael at Mississippi State on the phone line right now. What's up, Michael? Hey, Matt. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Thanks for calling. I appreciate you taking my call again. I, well, first of all, that about uh, Callan Hill, that's great news, and I'm proud of him. What an, he represented Mississippi State to the fullest, maroon and white as you can be, like Steve Robertson would say. He's a great ambassador for Mississippi State, but on, on a, so is Nick Gibson. So is Nick Gibson. I wanted to add that in there, too. But uh, And with Cam Dancer, Mr. White, I don't blame him for what he's doing, and, and I know you don't either, and most no. Mississippi State fans sh- shouldn't either. But I I want to say one more thing. Uh, this kind of has something to do with, Mr. White, what you do as a podcast. Mm. I just wanted to tell you, sir, like in the future, I plan to do my start my own podcast in the future. And as much because, you know, Mississippi State, what makes Mississippi State always stand out so much more stick our chest out has always been our baseball program and my passion has always been Mississippi State baseball and you know we all I'm proud to be from the great state of Mississippi and when Mississippi State does well I just love it especially from from the baseball standpoint but we can really stick our neck out and go this is who we are y'all can say outside the state say what y'all want to but when it comes to Mississippi State watch what you say and I plan to be honest with you, Matt, I, I have big ambitions, and I just wanted to know, I guess, anything you could tell me that would be a... Sure. I know you know things that would be able to help me, and I just... Sure. I mean... Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. No, well, congrats on, you know, making a decision that uh, you want to get into the podcast world, and it's a fun thing to do, and I will tell you, you know, it's a great way for people to, you know, kind of have a platform and maybe build an audience and to you know, have a place where you can kind of express some thoughts and talk about stuff you like. It's a lot of fun. So my hat's off to you for doing it. No 
And and what I would say, Michael, is, um, you, you know, you want to, in anything you do, you want to do a lot of studying and reading. The barrier to entry in the podcast world is almost nothing because all you got to have is a phone. And uh, nowadays, you know, a smartphone and a pair of earbuds to go with it. And you can record all the interviews and all the audio and all the dialogue you want, you know, and, and post it wherever yeah. you want to. And what I would say to you oh. is, um, what I would say is have fun with it, find a purpose, and let everything else revolve around that. Don't get into, don't get into broadcast and don't get into podcast thinking, okay, if I become a certain character or if I do things a certain way, I can begin to make money. Because if oh, you yeah. if you do that, you're going to be miserable. It's not going to work. You'll go all the way around the world and come right back and waste a lot of time and figure out who you really are. Start off by just being yourself. Have fun with it. And don't worry about the money part of it. And um, yes, and I think it'll come around. Yeah, so good luck with it. I hope it goes hey, well. Hey, 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 Matt, you mind if I say one more thing? Yeah, no, let it rip. you got to get to other colors. Thank you, sir. I, because uh, my great, my big ambitions is because, like I said, with college baseball, I would like to, you know, use my platform once I can kind of get established and be known mostly and foremost to Mississippi State fans. But my ambition is to be, eventually, be like one of the college baseball guys, like Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball or or Teddy Cahill of Baseball America, and mm-hmm. list goes on and on. And I'll. Because, like I said again, I love Mississippi State, as you already know. And it's just, yeah, I just. Well, like hey, let, said, me, let me ask you to, this uh, real quick. Are you, yes, in, are you in school? I've already graduated. Okay, so you've graduated. Um, I okay. Asked, yes, sir. Well, um, that originally was. What what'd you oh, get a de- uh, what'd, you, what'd you get a degree in? It was an interdisciplinary study. Okay. I started off in communications, but at the time I didn't think I could handle the technology part yeah. of things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Well, um and, and how long have you been out of school? Uh two thousand seventeen is when I graduated. Yeah, so you're brand new. Okay, well then you're you're at a good spot and what I would say to you is you got good goals and some of the guys you named Yes sir. Uh Kendall and Teddy and those guys, I mean you've picked some great examples to follow. And so really it like you say, it's just a matter of um kind of getting your feet wet and finding an opportunity to do some things, do a little writing here and there, and hopefully it'll work out for you, Michael. Thanks for the call, buddy. Good luck. Man, thank thank you, sir. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good day. Jason on the text line says, is Nick Gibson a senior? Yes, he is. <laughs> and that's a question I'm sure directly related to the news that Kylan Hill um, put out there today that he is going to forego his senior season and going to go into the NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft. However, Kylan is going to play in a bowl game in Nashville. And so finish the year. You know, I, it, you, you finish your junior season as the SEC's leading rusher, which is a big deal, and you're playing a position – that has a shorter shelf life than a lot of other positions. It's not like offensive guard, you know. It's it it's you don't have the longevity of a of a quarterback. 
Uh, running backs have shorter careers because of the nature of their position. So I think he's making the right decision if he's gotten that feedback. And, again, it just kind of makes you think that he probably has gotten really positive feedback from enough NFL teams telling him, hey, look, man, look, if you're available, we're, we're doing this and we're doing – once we get into the second round, we're going running back. And if you're there, we're taking you. Um, so really happy for him. Anxious to see where he ends up uh, in the NFL. Local kid, Columbus High School, stayed at home, uh, went to Mississippi State, and then his final year of college, lead the SEC in rushing. Not not bad at all. Proud for uh, Kylan. Yeah, so let me know what you think on that. Feel free to text 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. It's the, the number is 885-3776. Give me a shout on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. It is 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Here's some news for you. Involves a former New Orleans Saint. New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Roger, let me know what you think about this. Ten former NFL players, including ex-Washington Redskins running back Clinton Portis, have been charged with defrauding the league's health program of millions of dollars. Fake. Uh, injuries or something? Well, I think this may actually be like post-career stuff. Let's see here. The players are among a group of 12 facing charges in the Eastern District of Kentucky. The Department of Justice making this announcement today. They are accused of filing more than $3.9 million in fraudulent claims, of which more than $3.4 million were paid from June 2017 to December of last year. Along with the charges that are announced, the Department of Justice said it's going to seek charges against two others including former New Orleans Saints wide receiver Joe Horn. Roger, he's from Pontotoc, just like you. Yeah. But His, do these guys get together and kind of figure this figure this scheme apparently out? Apparently so. Or I, something? Well, that, I think that's what they are accused of. You know, that would be the right way for me to say it. Hey, man, this is what I'm doing. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Now, these must be guys who didn't uh, make the big contracts. Well, but some of them did. I mean, it's not penny any, but I mean, it's just a few million dollars. See, but Clinton Portis was big time, big time. You know, Joe Horn, big time. Um, Joe may not have any money left. Joe's son was on the Tupelo football team this year. Um, I saw him at some Tupelo high school practices and stuff. Let's see here. Here's a quote. We always hear the politicians talk about all the, but they're going to pay for all these programs by cleaning up the, what is the, the, the corruption and the waste. Uh huh. The crime, yeah, right. I guess it must be plenty of it out there. <laughs> um, Assistant Attorney General Brian Benkowski said, 10 former NFL, this is a quote, 10 former NFL players allegedly committed a brazen multi million dollar fraud on a health care plan meant to help their former teammates and other retired players pay legitimate out of pocket medical expenses. Today's indictments underscore that whoever you are, if you loot health care programs to line your own pockets, you will be held accountable by the Department of Justice. Other players charged are 
Robert McCune, John Eubanks, Tamaric Vanover, Carlos Rogers, Seandris Brown, James Butler, Fred Bennett, Corel Buckhalter, and Etrick Pruitt. They're also going to charge Rache Caldwell, but apparently have not yet charged him. There's a few names there that I do um, think I recognize, but at least recognize the names. But yeah, Buckhalter, Corel Buckhalter is from Collins, Mississippi. Went to Collins High School. You know, between Jackson and um, Jackson and Hattiesburg. But he went to the University of Nebraska, played for Denver, played for the Eagles. So Buckhalter named in this. He's a Mississippi guy. We already mentioned Joe Horn. Any other names? Y'all recognize any other names in there? I seem like maybe there's a you know, a couple of other names. Seems, that, like, seems like they pulled in other players, too, from the report here that they uh-huh. uh, get other people to join their scheme by offering to file false claims. Yeah. But you saw what got him, got, what got him caught, right? No, what got him caught? Uh, the prosecutors say the insurance company started to become suspicious over some large claims, like between forty dollars and $50,000. They alerted the authorities. I mean, some of the stuff was like hyperbaric oxygen chambers, cryotherapy stuff, mm-hmm. ultrasound machine. That's kind of, I mean, these things designed not for home medical, but for doctor's offices. I mean, it was the, they just started to get greedy. That same thing it always gets you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, so it, it all reads like it's, they're it's filing. The it looks like a traditional healthcare fraud scheme. Yeah. Just, they're filing these claims through this NFL post career healthcare deal getting money but then i guess not not using the money for their, you know what they said they never said. bought the equipment no they never bought it okay didn't they buy the equipment just spent it okay yeah they, but they were, that's what they were filing it for carlos rogers on the list he's a former auburn defensive back so that might be why that name uh sort of rang a bell they reached clinton portis he said i don't have any comment on that they say that the players targeted the Gene Upshaw NFL Player Health Reimbursement Account Plan. Established as part of the collective bargaining agreement in 2006, and it provides tax-free reimbursement of out-of-pocket medical care expenses that were not covered by insurance that were incurred by former players, their spouses, and dependents. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Oxygen chambers. Cryotherapy machines, ultrasound machines, electromagnetic therapy devices that weren't purchased or did, were never received. Did you read Clinton Portis's attorney statement? No. Well, hit hit this, me this with it. This is beautiful right here. Clinton Portis had no knowledge that his participation in what he believed to be an NFL-sanctioned medical reimbursement program was illegal. Mark. Diclos said he was completely taken aback by this indictment and will move forward with the process of clearing his good name and those of his fellow NFL alumni. Man, I tell oh, you what. really? Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to spend more than $3.4 million getting out of this one. Yeah. This is going to be some jail here. Think so? I mean, it's. Hey, if I you're mean, caught red handed. It's a uh, felonious amount, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
if you're caught red-handed. It'll be over. Well, prosecutors rarely go forward with the case unless they yeah. have got the winning hand. Yep. It's like they know the river card. Right. Green Poker okra thing. on the text line says, yeah, Joe Horn. He also played at Itawamba Community College. Joe Horn never went to a four-year college. He was drafted into the NFL straight out of Itawamba Community College. J.R. says uh, he thinks Fred Bennett might have been a guy who played receiver for Vanderbilt. Former Houston, Texas defensive back. Okay. Bear says John Eubanks was the one Jerry Clower talked about. <laughs> Former cornerback with the Redskins. Okay. That must be a different John Eubanks than the one Jerry Clower was talking about. I got you. He does, he does. The John Eubanks was the guy. Wasn't he the guy in the tree? Knock him out, John. That was his name, John Eubanks. It might have been. Yeah, knock him right. out, John. <laughs> Lord, what if you had a defensive player on your team named John Eubanks, the same as the knock him out, John guy? That'd be oh, great, John. wouldn't it? You get about forty thousand people to say "Knock him out, John!" all at the same time. It'd be great. Knock him out, John. What? Ah, this man's killing me. <laughs> Sorry to laugh at your expense, John. Get yourself a good attorney. All right. Yeah, because here comes your cellmate. <laughs> Woo, what a bitch! <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Roger, sometimes I feel like the show is better when I just don't plan anything. <laughs> Definitely it's, easier. Well, I mean, you know. Well, something's happening, you know, to carry it along. Yeah. I can't figure it out. I guess what it is, I'm not smart enough to plan any good stuff. Is that what it is? <laughs> Everybody's resting. <laughs> Got to catch in their breath before the onslaught yeah. of bowl season. That's what it is. Well, I mean, like I say today, I mean, it's been a fun show. I've really enjoyed it. Tim Wilson, we had breaking news. It's so, the, and good news, yeah, for the, for the state fans. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, here we are, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Let me try that again. Go! There we go. With the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, the Seaspire Tech Movement is moving our region forward through teaching and technology that strengths, uh, strengthens, easy for me to say, the economy. It positions it for success in today's digital age and improves the quality of life in our communities. Join the movement today. Check it out. Really, go over there. Seaspire.com slash tech movement. Seaspire. Customer inspired. The phone line is locked up. Here we go. Loaded. Jack in Flowood. What's up, Jack? 
Matt, uh, this is my first call. I just want to tell you that I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's nice listening to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to tell you that your interview, I think this was last week, and you rebroadcast it one time with Coach Moorhead, mm-hmm. to me put him in the, the best light that I've heard him. Uh, he was talking football. Right. And it's obvious he knows what's, what he's doing. But I think I think he needs to hire him a media relations person. You know, he's not a pretty guy. He's kind of like me. You know, he's not made for television. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, the uh, lane train comes along, and he's going to get a lot, you know, he's going to get a lot of dust stirred up. <laughs> and I'm hoping that Coach Moorhead will get him somebody that can really help him know what he's doing when he's talking to fans and he's talking to uh, talking heads like uh, Feinbaum, who I I'm glad I wasn't in Charlotte or New York, wherever he was, because Feinbaum, to me, that was an embarrassing interview. He, he put he put him on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Feinbaum interview with Moorhead that day about the whole Rutgers thing. Um, here, here's here's what I think about it. You know, there's it's okay to ask once, right? Because right. it's out there and people want to know. But when you're somebody like Paul or me or I haven't been in this business as long as Paul has, but I've been in it a long time, long enough to know that you know before you ask what the coaches are going to say to those types of questions. (laughs) You know, and it's almost like a posturing thing. When you as an interviewer, a talking head, whatever, a radio host, a, a big mouth like me, when I know what the answer is before I ask it. Yet I just continue to kick the horse as many times as I can during the course of the interview. It's a posturing move on my part to show my listeners, hey, look at me. Look how tough I am. I'm willing to drive this thing into the ground right here in front of you. Don't you respect me? Y'all give me a high five. It's a posturing thing for the interviewer. And that's why, because, I mean, Paul's been around. He knows. You you have any coaching speculation about any coach, and you get him on your show, and you ask him, we all know what he's going to say. He's going to basically say, I like where I am. I'm worried about what I'm doing right now. I'm not worried about other jobs. That's what they're trained to say. That's what they're told to say. And the reason is because they all have an agent. And what is the agent doing? The agent is out there basically – working on that coach's behalf to get him more money somehow, some way to field inquiries about potential openings that may want to talk to his client and no agent who's actually working and trying to open doors wants their coach to get on national television and close them. So the coach is not going to pull the rug out from under his own agent's feet. And everybody knows that I know that. And Paul Feinbaum knows that. So if we all know that, then why would we back a guy into a corner after the first question? The first one's okay. Why are we backing him in the corner after that? Well, after that, it becomes a look-at-me posturing move on the part of the interviewer. That's what it becomes. And to get, and to, and to get ratings. I remember years ago, I used to drive to uh, Atlanta quite a bit, and I would always listen on WJOX when I'd go through Birmingham. <laughs> And I don't remember the time frame, but I mean, Mississippi State wasn't very good. I mean, yeah. And I'll never forget what Palm, uh, Feinbaum said on the radio. If you ask him about this, he'll deny it because he always denied. He said, 
Mississippi State doesn't even deserve to be in the SEC. <laughs> and I've never liked Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, you didn't forget it, did you, Jack? <laughs> no. And, and the other thing, he'll, he'll, he'll deny this one right now. When they hired up, when LSU hired Ogeron, and I like the Ed Ogeron. You know, he's the perfect mm-hmm. man for that job, and he's done a great job. But when they hired him, oh, he's not going to last a year. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. But if you ask him today, yeah, ah, Ed, he's a great guy. Yeah, listen, Paul is a he is a master entertainer. He is That's a, right. That's he is what a, he is. He is a very, very intelligent individual, too. There's never a time when Paul doesn't – doesn't know what he's doing. And Jack, he's been very successful with that. You and I agree. I just th- here's my thing, Jack. <clears throat> I, I gotta be I hope I hope and pray that people that listen to me, uh, you know, and if I'm still doing this in the future, um, I hope that everybody understands the way I look at it is this. I don't want to have to remember everything I said three and four years ago. So the best way for me to be, make sure I'm in the ballpark of what's accurate and true is to just always tell the truth. And to sometimes, you know, I I, th- I think there are different approaches and uh, I'm just, I don't know. It, maybe it's crazy. I'm just not chasing the money and the fame. I'm just not interested in that. Want, and if you're in this business and you want to chase the money and the fame, then you need to be as controversial as you can, and you need to be as you need to be as hot button as you can be, and that's just the way it is. And it has worked for some people. You just keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, because I, uh, people like you, they understand your knowledge of the game and the fact that you do, uh, you know, you tell not just what we want to hear because that's uh that's not the way you want to say what you think yeah. and as long as you feel true about what you're doing uh you don't have a problem thank you for uh yeah, thanks, thanks for a great day thanks jack appreciate your call hey and back on the joe moorhead thing uh, so he complimented the interview i felt the same way too you know joe um was in his element talking about some of the plays in that game and why they worked or why they didn't work what the intention was he is a football coach. He's not a marketer. He's not a an entertainer. Joe's a football coach. And it's really all he cares about being. Now, to Jack's point about, you know, the mixing it up, uh, we'll see. I, I think the whole state, we all have just kind of been through that, where there's a little rub here or a barb there or a shot taken here, a little jab there where we overreacted to all of it for several years. I think now going forward, we're probably in a time where if there's a little jab, a little barb, a little tweet or whatever, we're all probably going to underreact to it (laughs) because we've kind of been there and done that. And I do think that overall you have two coaches here and you know Lane Kiffin obviously brand new but I think they have two coaches that are going to kind of put their nose down and just go to work for the most part I really believe that we'll see we shall see a lot of text to get to and some tweets I'll do that next here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio stay with me
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Sorry, Lane Kiffin drove by. Oh, is that what it is, Roger? Are we on the air? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Giving you the old silent treatment. That's okay. What else is new? I can handle that, I promise you. You know, at my age, Roger, the silent treatment is not all that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a married guy thing. Hey, uh, listen, real quick. I heard this comedian, this guy had this thick Irish accent years ago, and there's no way I can do an Irish accent, but you can just picture it in your head. But he had this great line. He said, you Americans. He said, who came up with this idea? You give somebody a cake for their birthday. A cake. He said, no, it's his birthday. Well, give him a cake. He said, who came up with that? He said, why don't you give a man what he really wants for his birthday and just leave him the alone for a couple of days? <laughs> That's Mike Myers. Is that who did it? That's yeah, the, well, the, the, the guy who was on all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I married, married an axe murderer. Oh, And the yeah. one million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, back on the show, Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Thank you, Roger. The Real Brian on the text line says, Matt, I missed the breaking news for Mississippi State. Can you tell me what it is? I sure can. Kylan Hill, running back Mississippi State, is foregoing his senior season and will be going into the NFL draft in 2020. He put that statement out on Twitter today. There's a graphic there, a statement from him. You can read all about it. He thanked a lot of people. He thanked the good Lord. He thanked Mississippi State. And then he said, uh, after a lot of thought, prayer, and discussion, he's decided to forego his senior year, but that he will suit up and play for State one last time in the Music City Bowl. And then he kind of signed off there by saying, I will see you in Nashville. So, Kylan Hill, you want to watch him in a Mississippi State uniform? You got one more chance. One more. Planet Pearl. On the text line said, love to see Hill stay, but understand if he goes. And I am the same way. He must have gotten the feedback pretty quickly here that he wanted to get from the NFL evaluators. And so pretty safe bet. And playing a position like running back that has a shorter shelf life than other positions, it's a smart move. If they tell you that you're a surefire second rounder no later than the third, as a running back, you get the heck out of Dodge. You go and you play because running backs have shorter careers. They just do. Jason on the text line says, that's all, Paul. Look at me. No other reason to air those uh, people who scream and yell like crazy folks. <laughs> Look, I am I got to be careful. I don't want to be critical of someone who has um, been so successful and has been nice to me. Uh, personally, on a personal level at times, Paul Feinbaum has. He's given me an interview before, and, of course, I've been on his show some. And he's always been nice to me. I don't want to be, like, real uh, critical on a personal level at all. I'm not. Um, it is a different thing. Nobody can argue with um, the success, and I think at a time that he came along, it's a really smart thing that he did, and that was to take the passion and some of the some of the characters out there in the fan bases who were on the the fringe and letting them talk on the air, take a bunch of phone calls. And, you know, he, 
he doesn't do like a lot of radio shows that do a lot of talking. Um, so nobody argues with that. And he's done very, very well uh, with a certain way of doing things. Um, and everybody kind of can make their own decision. Um, I, I do think that, you know, being in Alabama, one is, is very fortunate for him at a time he came up where he covered the old coaches like Bear Bryant and others, and then now the modern. But being there, being around in Birmingham where the SEC office is, he became really close with the former commissioner, Mike Slive. And that was a, you know, a very much a fortuitous thing for his career. And, um, and he's worked hard and taken the opportunities that came along, kind of done it his way. And so, you know, you have to admire that. It's just that it doesn't appeal to everybody. And I, what I do, what others do, it doesn't appeal to everybody. And it's just the way it is. And so all opinions and things. I think what I looked at, and I was a little critical of the way that, you know, he handled that Joe Moorhead thing with the Rutgers deal is because, you know, on his own accord, he wouldn't have to really dig too far to have a conversation when people would tell you, hey, look, they're hiring Shiano. I did it. Just just the slightest little bit of digging. I don't even normally get into the whole sourcing on coaching rumor thing. It just happened to be Mississippi State. And I, I did it. Just, you know, one or two emails or phone calls and people say, nah, they're hiring Shiano. That's what's going to happen. And in spite of any reporting that you hear. And you know, Joe in year two at state, just not in a position to be leaving and taking other jobs right then. And that's what you would hear there. So so a lot of it was just hot air to begin with. The whole his whole candidacy at this Rutgers thing was just hot air, BS to begin with. And what I think was um that particular day when Joe was on there, he just kind of saw it as an opportunity to have a storyline other than a game where people felt like they already knew the outcome before it was played. And instead of asking once, it was twice and then three times and then four times, even though we knew what the answer was going to be going into it. And so that's what that was. <laughs> Jason, that's funny. Yeah, Roger played the the train sound effect, and Jason says, Lane Kiffin sounds like a tornado. <laughs> We've always heard that, haven't we? That when a tornado's coming, it sounds like there's a train coming down the tracks about to hit your house. Yeah, the Lane train. The Lane train. I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to do well. I know it ups, ups the ante. I, I tell you, I like the excitement. The fact is, for the last four years or so, in terms of the sports conversation in this state, it just always felt like about half of your congregation out here is missing, hiding. And that was a lot of the Ole Miss fans because the football team stunk and the program was on probation and bowl bans and coach leaves. No and yeah, it just wasn't any fun. You're right. No fun. And now that Kiffin's there, I just. You know, it's fun for Ole Miss fans. They haven't played yet, but it's fun. And it helps everything. You kind of ramp it up a little bit, get some excitement going. So I think I think between now and next, this time next year, it's going to be a roller coaster ride, and it'll be a lot of fun. I think with Luke, they were they had hope. But I think with Kiffin, they seems a little more like pride. Yeah. You know, like, they, they know they got a good coach. That's a great analogy. Roger, when I was coming up, and I decided I wanted to be a quarterback. It didn't really happen for me until about the ninth grade. 
ninth or tenth grade, yeah, ninth grade in high school at Prattville High School in Alabama. There was an assistant coach at our school who was just out of college, just getting started, named Frank McIntosh. And Frank had been a quarterback at Auburn under Stan White. He was the backup to Stan White, had played some at Auburn. And now he was coaching at my high school. And one day, I was playing a lot of different positions. And one day, we were just goofing off one day before practice, and I'm throwing a ball around with some teammates. And he walked over and he goes, you ever thought about playing quarterback? I said, no, not really. And he hollered, he yelled at our offensive coach and head coach. He said, y'all come over here. And then three coaches came over, and that's, he's, I'm standing there with the ball. He says, Matt, throw the ball down there to Ryan. Throw it to him. So I just threw it, you know, in the air, about 40 yards or so down there to my teammate. And Coach Tut, the offensive coach, goes, you need to come with me when we do individual I said, okay. So individual period, I went down there and started throwing. And when we were throwing initially, I had about three or four coaches standing around. And Frank said, look at this. Look at him throw. Look at this. He throws the ball better than anybody we got. (laughs) And there started my career as a quarterback because a former Auburn QB watched me one day. But what I was going to tell you is Frank said this, But my dad said this also. I had two different voices in my ear that said this at different times, Roger. They said, average quarterbacks throw the ball and hope that it's caught. Good quarterbacks throw the ball and know it's about to be caught. Mm. A difference in the anticipation and what you expect. Begin with the end in mind. Right. The end justify the means, not the other way around. And what you just said about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. You know, when Luke was there, everybody liked him. He's one of theirs. He played there. A familiar name. They had hope. But there wasn't a whole lot of guaranteeing going on in that fan base, was it? And and with the truth is, with Lane Kiffin there, I think for a lot of the Ole Miss fans, and they hadn't even practiced yet, <laughs> But for a lot of the Ole Miss fans, they've gone from hoping some good things are happening to now they're counting on it. It's not a matter of who we're. It's not a matter of if we're going to beat somebody. It's just a matter of who we're going to beat. That was a good analogy, Roger. Well, you know, one thing we all learned from that press conference was that, uh, hey, those jumbotrons come all the way down. <laughs> all the That's way to the floor. Cool. Yeah. Can you imagine if they put them on the floor and then crank those speakers all the way up? I want to know whose idea it was to bring that down as a backdrop because that's that's good thinking. It is. That's yeah. good thinking. My hat's off to you. Well, that's the biggest TV on campus. Might as well use it, huh? Yeah. Hey, next thing you know, we're they're going to put up a scaffolding and risers and have a big platform up in front of the Jumbotron in the football stadium. <laughs> you know, that'll be the next iteration of this. We'll see. The screen sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> right. It sends the hair off the back of your head if you're not if you stand in front of it too long. Yeah. All right. Blow your ears out. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.